Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 159, Philip's Change Story. Free from addiction and free to feel everything. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So I, I don't really know how to introduce Philip. I just kind of want to let you hear from him yourself. Uh, but I will say that Philip has, um, as he'll talk about in this episode, he's um, been free from alcohol for just a year. Like, like this is coming live. This episode's coming live, I think, right after his one-year anniversary. Um, and we recorded it just before that. And he quit smoking several months ago, a few months ago, after both drinking and smoking most of his life. Um, but the thing that sort of strikes me as I share that, you know, so decades of drinking, decades of smoking, and he's free. And he'll say here in, in our conversation that it doesn't even feel like he ever did those things. He doesn't miss them. He doesn't want them. So that in itself is very interesting, of course, and worth talking about. But that's almost like the least interesting stuff about Philip. Like I think what you'll come to see and what we in the in the Little School of Big Change community have come to see over the past year is that he he like is just at this place where he is he is done stuffing things down. He is done numbing. He has seen that any feeling that moves through him is not only okay, not only safe, but he just opens to it and welcomes it in in a way that you really don't see that often. And as a result, he cries all the time and it's beautiful. <laughs> and he he his crying and his emotion and his anger and all the emotions that he feels now they they have this way of freeing him up of opening him up to something that's so much bigger and we try to discuss that although it's very hard to put words around it but we do try to talk about that in this conversation so you'll hear some about that but how what i've seen by knowing him for a while now and watching him through this metamorphosis that he's still in is that all of this just allowing and just letting this energy rush through him and show up in any way it needs to show up seems to have made way for a ton of creativity. I mean, he's nearly finished writing a book that he just started. Uh, a ton of fresh new experience. He talks in here a lot about feeling like a child and he talks in our community all the time about Everything looks new and fresh. It's made way for a ton of synchronicity. He's connected with old people from long ago in his life. He has these the craziest stories of how things just come together in front of him. And and just so much joy, creativity, synchronicity. Like I think that's what's natural when we aren't in the way. And the way that he is just letting emotion rush through him without trying even a little bit to change it or stop it is opening him to that. And it's just really, really incredible to watch. So I hope you uh, hear some of that when you hear our conversation and enjoy this conversation with Philip. Hi, Philip. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, I'm super excited to share you and what you've been through with people. I'm excited for myself to get to hear more of it because I've heard a lot of bits and pieces along the way. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's amazing. It's so inspirational. And yeah, I'm just so happy for you. So, Me too. Thank um, you. Yeah, so maybe just tell everyone a little bit about kind of where you were in terms of um, addiction and your health issues, like mm-hmm. kind of how, how your life was when it was sort of at its hardest, not too long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had what people see um, on the um, TV a lot of bad hernia mesh implant um, in my abdominal wall. I had um, something called diverticulitis, a lot of it caused by alcohol and bad lifestyle choices, but my, it's a family history as well. Um, all of my, when I get upset or emotional, everything hits me in the gut. Some people might feel it. That's where my energy hits me, the nausea, and I get very um, sick that way. And all of my family does, but um, we're very affected by our stomach and stuff. Anyway, over the years, I had um, gotten very sick and I, they had to open me back up to dissolve the blockage that was in my colon. And then they uh, had, I had three um, hernias on my abdominal area that they had to replace because it incestuates your intestines outside of a hole in your intestine. And when the, the surgeon sewed me back up, he sewed me back up with staple or he stapled me and that causes hernias. Okay. So that happened and then I had the hernia repaired and it was supposed to be a non mesh repair, but the, the hernia was too large. So they used a mesh. Over the years, what happened is it migrated, it perforated my colon, I got sepsis and I died. This would have been August of 2018. They brought me back to life, put a bag on me, and I already was suffering from my own addictions to alcohol, essentially, but other things as well. And cigarettes um, uh, were the ones that I conquered this year, amongst many other things, obviously. So July 20th of last year, July 21st will be a year. Um, I got out with another blockage. So what happens now is certain foods will get caught into the scar tissue of my colon. Um, so I'm very, I had to go through my whole, a whole process of learning how to eat again, what foods I can eat. And over the time of the last, uh, July 20th of last year, I just gotten out of the hospital. They had me on morphine, three different antidepressants, um, eight different uh, medications to counteract other medications, heart medications. And I was so tired and I was drinking on top of it, drugging and all this. like, And I got out and um, I took all the medication to the pharmacy and I told them I can't live like this anymore. And they said, we need to contact your doctors because these are drugs that you have to be weaned off of. They had to do all kinds. I OD'd once, um, not knowing that I was doing it with my medications. They had to fly me to Pittsburgh, calibrate my medicines. They had me strapped to a bed so I couldn't get up or anything. And they had to wean me off, reinstate these medications. And I just finally said I couldn't live like it anymore. And so I, July 20th, I was like so sick and I had this, they had diagnosed me with this complex PTSD and all this stuff and my alcoholism and whatever they label, but I knew nothing was working the way it was working. (laughs) So I found Annie Grace um, and This Naked Mind and the alcohol experiment. I started it July 20th. I believe you were on the fourth day of the experiment. And it wasn't, it was uh, outside of, I've tried everything. 
AA, smart recovery, rational recovery, um, whatever willpower, whatever technique you can possibly imagine for smoking and drinking. But um, so I found you on the fourth day, immediately you resonated with me and we started our communication from then. You were kind enough to help me um, through and got me in the course. And um, so the first couple of weeks, I dictated everything. I was dictating and journaling a lot into my phone um, during the process. And then I found you and I knew at that point that there was another way for me to handle this. And what technically what is going, was going on with me is my thoughts. And that's why you resonated so much with me because they were a battle with my mind. <laughs> and so when I realized that I didn't have to take ownership of them and take them personally and they were coming from nowhere, memories, whatever, you know, they just pop out of nowhere, go into nowhere. And then I found that by doing that repetitively, sitting with, sitting with the pain, sitting with the emotion, sitting with the recovery process of the drugs um, is just a matter of setting it out for me. Uh, I, I guess I resonated with that. Okay, it's a thought. You don't have to take it personally. Um, that played into a lot of stuff from my past and stuff that would come up. But the addictive part was like, okay, I don't, I don't even think about it anymore. It's a craving. It's a thought. It lasts a few seconds, 90 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, sometimes a little more if we attach to it and try to attach our minds to the, what is coming up through our mind. And we've talked about it. It could be a bunch of different things being pulling up there. It's like, oh my God, you know, and all this. And I told you in the beginning, I had such an urgency because of this near death and my mother's dementia that I never felt like I had enough time in the day or I, I was so afraid to miss something. I wrote everything down and I was, uh, Amanda said this urgency and I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. And as it progressed and as I got more comfortable with um, identifying with my thoughts and knowing that they're ridiculous, <laughs> they're, they're lies, it's all a lie. And I had so much fear and I, I found that just sitting with it and being like, okay, um, you've given me so many great um, metaphors and analogies of like, okay, that's a thought. And the one I think is Dr. Pettit. Yeah. In the beginning, he's like going like this with his thoughts. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of thinking about it. Just shut up, you know? And then um, it, I, I learned how to refocus and shift my thoughts. And you talk about that a lot in the book. The book was mainly, the I got a lot from school, obviously, but the book was my journey. My beginning of my journey was like, okay, this makes so much sense. I'm complicating everything. I don't have to have the answer to anything, everything in the world. And even David has noticed, I have to have the, you're not supposed to know, it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Torment, torment, you know, we have these thoughts that torment us constantly. And I think that's the whole battle of life is just to detach from them and be like, okay, <laughs> that's just yeah. a thought. And it's just like your new book, it's just a thought. <laughs> Let it go. And that's how I got through it. I don't, I mean, with God, of course. And um, uh, I've become this, uh, I feel like I'm, 20 again and that I feel like um, whatever happened never happened. <laughs> it's like I was never a drinker. I was never a smoker. I don't remember a David oh. smoke. My mother smokes like a chimney. My sister <laughs> smoked. Doesn't bother me at all. The smell doesn't bother me. So, like, so July 20th. So, so it hasn't even been a year. Mm -mm. Um, before then, how long had you been drinking and smoking? 
my whole life. Uh, smoking, I picked up at 13. Drinking, I picked up at my first drink when I was 16, probably. And, and just, um, I immediately threw up. And then I should have known at that point that it's poison. Um, Annie Grace goes into much depth about this in the experiment and that basically you're putting gasoline in your body, but we've been brainwashed a bit by the community, the alcohol community, the packaging, the cigarettes. And, you know, if you think about it, when you buy a pack of cigarettes, that warning makes you nervous, makes you want to have a cigarette. <laughs> it's a, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the subliminal brainwashing. And I noticed myself doing it all the time. But the time that I gave up the cigarettes, which actually were, I, it was like my best friend. That was my whole, that I looked family, at my- Right? I mean, that was fair. Yeah. Uh, just February, February 19th wow. uh, was my last cigarette. I woke up. I had already known the concept of you and how you get through thoughts and the thought process. And I'm like, I looked at it and it just did not, the drink, the cigarettes. I'm like, okay, it's not an extension of my hand. It's not natural. It doesn't belong to me. You know what I mean? It's not part of me. <laughs> and the same with everything in life. It, it's a lie. It doesn't, you don't have to own it. It's just a thought. And it's trying to protect you when you're afraid. Yeah. So what it all boiled down to is finding peace and calm within myself and accepting what is in my life, what I am, what it is. And I've never felt more comfortable in myself. No mask, no no pretense, no nothing. It's just, uh, I can't even, it's, uh, as Amanda says, ineffable. You can't explain it in human words. And it's not, and it's very simple. Okay. I gave it up. I got clarity. There's no like enlightenment in the, you know, I, I kind of tend to build stories around, um, enlightenment and these huge profound experiences. And I think I just got clarity from not shoving all my emotions down with outside influences. I sat with them, felt them, and you know me, I cried through it. That's my process. I and think, then it's done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, and it, it makes it weird to talk about or hard. I think it's always hard to talk about because we don't, <laughs> We don't know what really happened. All we have is in any given. We don't know anything. Yeah, we just sort of have some vague ideas and we kind of have some theories and we can tell how it went chronologically, but we don't ever really know what happened. So it's always hard to talk about. But I think I love, we've all loved watching your experience and your transformation. And it has been amazing. In real time. In real time. David said something uh, in our last call. He's like, I always hate coming on after Philip. We're talking after Philip because we're experiencing me going through it and just the whole melting and the softening of my whole life and experience of life. You know, it's just like, wow. You know, it's like, you know it deep inside of you. The answers are already there and always there. But once you learn what your mind is doing and continually doing all day, every day, it's this constant arising of thoughts and thoughts falling away. And that's sorry. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's how I place my addictions into that process as well. It's just a thought; it fades away, and oh, that's how. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's so simple. So so what I um I think part of what's been so amazing about watching your transformation is, like you said, it's it, it uh, even this feels weird to say because this is always the case, but. It just feels like it's just been so human. Like it wasn't like you had some massive thing that we make up. Like oh, he's no. had his he's had his stroke of insight. Like you you did some things. You've been open to a bunch of stuff. 
we've seen all this old thinking kind of be revealed to you and fall away and break down. And it hasn't been easy. We've seen you in with all kinds of moods and emotions, but it also hasn't been hard. (laughs) Like I'm putting words in your mouth, but it's like, it's not like it's just been this, this constant, you know, ride up of a rainbow, but, but I love seeing you cry. And it just feels like at the end of all those tears, it's like, Oh, look at what just moved through him and what, right. what just opened What's up. on the other side? Because the wisdom's yeah. on the other side. The answers are always on the other side. And it amazes me through the group calls watching them. And I've said this to you, when people start talking about it, and I've, I've seen this and they, they always answer their own questions because the wisdom's inside of you. It's not something outside of you. That, and I always loved your, I just finished your Being Human book on the plane, actually. I had time to read the because I was going back and forth with it. Um, but the inside out theory you know, about there's nothing happening out there. It's happening in here and going out there. We're creating the experience. It's not being created outside of us. So, and that sounds so weird and complicated to talk about to people, but we do create our own happiness and our own choices. And the moment, my big revelation moment was when I was doing the dishes that I told you, and I was having this terrible loss of my mother and, and, dementia of of who she was or who I wanted her to be. And it's clearly affected our relationship deeply also because I stepped into her reality, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I had just gotten Charlie and it was uh, in the beginning of the process of um, me learning how to choose what I'm thinking, choose the thought. I can choose the thought of happiness or, you know, but you can't choose what's going to come up. You know what I mean? You can choose on what you pick to think about if that makes sense so i was washing dishes i had charlie and i was sobbing because i had this huge fight with my mother and i just gotten him and he was still puppy and he was so full of joy and love and all this stuff and unconditional and i'm sobbing and i um and i have another experience with this i think i wrote about it but i can share because i think it's significant and so i'm laughing and joyful and happy and crying about loss and sorrow and fear. And I just refocused and shifted my thought. It's the easiest thing to do. I use it in breath work a lot, but if just if you just focus on what's in front of you, I tell my niece this a lot. She deals, deals with bulimia and erection and all, three children and all this stuff. Just focus on what's in front of you at the moment. Mm-hmm. So the heat of the water, you sensory things. Okay, I'm going to wash this dish. My, it's it's dripping on me in the water. And that alone, even though the thought will only last a certain amount of time, that alone will completely shift it and it will just, what do we call it? I'm, I'm, it just passes away on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that moment, then I had all those emotions in one moment. I knew right then I was going to beat it. I was going to beat my addiction. And I, it wasn't as complicated. I was making it. I'm making stories around all these things that are not the truth. <laughs> essentially. Do you think that's because you, with all that emotion moving through you in that one moment, on some level, you kind of saw that you can be with that? That you, yeah, like, that well, okay. I, if I can feel all this, then of it's course okay. I'm going to feel everything <laughs> I need to feel and not drink through it or smoke through it. Right. Or, 
yeah. let it pass and sit with it because there, you know, you got to feel it to heal it. Okay. In my opinion. So, and I do it every single day. I get this, it's between like, I don't know, it usually affects me between right after exercise between 11 and 1230. I'll, I'll break down, have a cry energy. My PTSD symptoms are, I don't like to label anything. You know, I don't like alcoholism and all that 12 step theory because the first step is to admit you're powerless. And that, is not true. You are the one empowered to make the decision. And it wasn't complicated. It, a lot of people make addictions. It's go, in the beginning, it's going to keep arising very quickly. Um, but I think I was at this point where I knew that. And then with the cigarettes, I, once I had the information, I read the book three times and then I took this, well, you told me just let it but stay with the conversation and it happens on its own. Um, and it does. It does exactly that. And it was like it never happened. Like uh, It's like I, that part of my life never happened to me before. <laughs> it's crazy that after a lifetime of... Mm-hmm. of Suffering, pain, yeah, fear. Stuff away, not wanting <laughs> to it feel down. it, not wanting to feel it. How, how it can, in such a relatively short period of time, how it can be to where you just are openly crying every day and and, know, and knowing that it's a beautiful, clearing, okay thing. And that, you it's know, the, I mean. There's so many things impactful about that too, it's including my generation and uh, the Catholic Church and Men Can't Cry and, you know, the whole, the whole gamut. And even women feel that fear of crying sometimes. And my sister uh, uh, specifically, you know, she's always apologizing for her tears. And I'm like, it's the biggest gift you can give yourself is crying. Um, and I was fighting that my whole life. And uh, my Dave and my friends love the part about me that that is. And here I've been trying to mask it my whole life and shove it down. Don't feel it. Don't feel it. You're not allowed. It doesn't make you a man. You got to be butch. You got to be a man. <laughs> no, it's the greatest gift you could give yourself because it's just energy. And all the energy is the same. Your brain can't tell the difference between joy and anger and fear. I don't think. It's still the same energy that moves through you. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. So, so does it feel like, like I don't, I want you to say it in your words, but like, has that energy has just been able to pick up the pace and just move through you? Like you were mentioning to me how, and you, I think you said in the beginning here, how you feel kind of like a child, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you're discovering things for the first time. It, it They've always been there. Yeah, but it's like this energy has <laughs> like cleared this opening for you to just sort of be in life brand new. Is that how does how is that that? It is brand new. Everything. So, okay. So first of all, if you think about cigarettes, like there, when I gave them up, everything was a first time. It's a first time to have my coffee without cigarettes. It's a first time to drive in my car without my cigarettes. And, um. I think I told you I'd taken my niece to Pittsburgh to the airport and I'd gone two hours that day without cigarettes and I hadn't even made the commitment yet. And I'm like, it never thought about it for two hours. And I'm like, okay, so the the more it keeps, the more those keep presenting them to yourself and the more that you sit with it, the less it becomes. And it's a further apart that it comes and you're training your brain, I think, in resilience, uh, bouncing back you know what I mean because I'm amazed at the stories when I share my story I'm amazed at the, what other people have bounced back from what other people our, our bodies will naturally do it on their own leave it alone yeah. <laughs> quit, and our bodies will, 
And our minds will too, like you said, about a, about a feeling or a craving, like when you knew, okay, this is just an experience and it's going right. to show up and I'm going to feel it and then it's going to be gone. And that's always the case, no matter what it is. Like, and they come, I think the, the whole thing about me is realizing that they're coming from nowhere and going to nowhere. And those thoughts, they come up, they go away. There's nothing there. There's nothing you have to attach to it. There's not a story to be made up about it. It's just a thought. And everything is. Everything in our lives are created by thought. I believe. You know what I mean? I'm new to this. Still in a year, I know people have been in your group and in part of this for years. And I think it's an, a constant evolution and expansion of that. Like, wow, okay. What if? That's the part, they favorite part of me. What if? It, um it's not what I thought it was all these years. If I'm not who I thought I was, you know what I mean? Because I don't think we are what, what we think we are at all. I think, and I think we use about this much of our brain. <laughs> but when you, when I met you and you opened up these, all these possibilities, um, it's just, you know, uh, it, we, we say it in group about things falling away. The things that you don't need and don't service or serve you anymore fall away on their own without an effort at all. It's not like me fighting like, oh my God, I want a cigarette. It's just not an issue. It's a non-issue. It's like not me. It wasn't ever me. <laughs> it's on and everyone else's addictions. It's, you know, and you say this a lot. There's seven and a half billion people all running around here with all these thoughts trying to find peace. When you find peace is when you don't need anything to get you to peace. <laughs> and I get, you know, even with my meditation, it's like, no worry, I'll get to it if I feel like it. To, if I'm having a stressed out moment or whatever, I can do it and breathe. You know, and now there are other things. They're not techniques or anything. It's your body saying breathe because it, you're having a fear response or you're afraid of something or you're, you know, yeah. It's just your, and I think it's that mechanical part of our brain, that lower part of our brain that's constantly picking at us to either one, impede our patience all day. I lost my keys. I, blah, 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 all this buildup of whatever happens all day to us. And then it falls away just in the moment when you're living in the moment. And I try desperately to be in that, in that, okay, this is what's right in front of me. Cause that's how it how happened for me. It's just living out, not worrying about them or when or how it's, it is it, it is <laughs> it is what it is it is such a cliche and overrated sentence but it is <laughs> and it's it's amazing to see stories like yours like where it just is so clear that this has always been there it's so yeah. clear that, and I know you you had a recent insight about this it is so clear that this is just you back home that you've always been here. You just, like you said, you had a bunch of stuff covering it up because if this was a place you had to get to from where you were only a year ago, there's no way you would have traveled that far. Like it just, and, no, in my mind always builds like, Oh, you haven't done anything. It really wasn't anything. You haven't done anything. And because I just feel like it's the same me that I'm always, it, I went, I like to call it a wall. I was, I was absent without leaving my body. You already mean my body was here, but I was gone somewhere else. <laughs> and I came back and I can't express it to my, you know, um, there's so many tidbits in, in the book, first of all, because I'm a reader, I'm a writer, I like to write, you know, but the school, obviously, I had already read the book and not just cemented everything. It was like, okay, yeah, it's just a way, the forum and the, just the talking it through with people and just, you know, I've always been this great, I, I think I'm a very inspiring, insightful, loving um, person. You know what I mean? And I got, 
I came to hate the person that I became because I, I was shoving down who I was instead of letting me be who I am. <laughs> and I love that. And I feel so comfortable just being myself. It's so bizarre. It's so, it's so unexplainable. <laughs> But it, but it also just speaks really to, yes, exactly what we talk about, that, that that's, that's all that we need. It's like, that's why I think, yes, having a community and, you know, there's many amazing communities out there, but one where you can just show up and share something. It's just that process of feeling free to, to play in a safe way with sharing anything and getting that stuff out of the way and, and coming and saying this was a really hard day and crying and right. a really big opening on the other side of that. And to do that with people watching on where people know exactly what you mean, I just, right. it's, just well, and it's funny because you, you have to know, I, I've learned because obviously I want to share it with everyone. I said that from the beginning, why doesn't everyone know this? But we do know it. It's like bringing us back home or bringing us like, okay, this is you, this is inside of you. But um, instead of me trying to share it with people, I'm just living and they notice it. They're like the energy and this, uh, the happiness and the joy. And the, and uh, David had tissues in the car for me because that's me. I'm going to cry about everything. That's me and I love it. I'm going to embrace it. And it feels amazing. I'm about to do it right now. <laughs> where I am. <laughs> so I love that. So maybe say a bit about some of the amazing things that have shown up just in the past few months. I mean, from from you finding random books that like just answer questions you've had to start to write your own book where it's flowing out of you to finding people who just you where you can just share a little bit and help them so much. It just feels right. like life is so in this opening, and this is my own theory, I don't know that it works this way, but it feels like in this opening that's very pure, there is room for so much synchronicity and so much of what we look at and say, well, how the heck did that happen? Right. You're, you're feeling it all over the place. And I have to believe <laughs> that's a perfect match for this opening and this energy that you're feeling. Right. You're feeling. Well, I, I come to believe definitely there's no coincidences in life. And whatever... Whatever you want will find you, if that makes sense. I wanted to be me, if that makes sense. So, for, like, one great thing about social media is that you can find everything you want. You know, I, I, the techniques and things that, that I was using are techniques that don't work, and they're techniques where um, uh, so much has opened up, it's so hard to explain. Um, can you ask me again what what exactly you're searching for and like I just, what has opened up for me? Yeah, I guess just maybe tell some of these crazy stories. Like how like how is it the that synchronicity? You, yeah, that you're going out in the world helping people, and then you're coming back and saying, "You guys, I think I might want to do this someday." And we're saying, um, "Philip, you're doing it." <laughs> like you, said, you know, but people are flocking to you because of this right. that you have energy. Okay, so what happens is I am so full of joy. And we choose it. We get, okay, so no matter what happens throughout my day, you, there's always the what if side. Okay, if my car didn't start, maybe I'm being protected from an accident or, you know what I mean? Or just all those little things that impede into our daily existence. But me, as far as what people are seeing and what I feel is freedom <laughs> and this expression of this child in me that is still curious about things that seem 
they've always been there, but it seems so new to me because I'm not covering it up, my experience. I'm not covering up life with stuff to um, hold down my emotion or experience or energy. So it's not about me talking to it about people. They just see me. And like my niece, Amy, she immediately picked up two people already on the refresh. Okay. Here's your moment. You're having a bad one. Okay. You can stop it right now and start your day completely over right now from this minute. And that refreshed constantly for me to, <laughs> in my post about the girl at the grocery store, it was that synchronicity. She picked up my energy. I picked up her energy and she had to come through every vegetable I had in my basket and do them separately along with four other registers in the self scan. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how are you doing that? And I'm like, and she's, she was so bubbly and full of energy. And, and she's like, Oh, I have a refresh button. And I'm like, what? <laughs> For those who don't know, we talk about a refresh button and a little school of big change. So just just to give that some context, yeah, that's so great. She she's all bubbly. She walks back over there, and I'm like, what? What just happened? And so I got everything packed up, and I walked over. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I just start over. I just do offer the vegetables. I come over and I start over. And <laughs> it's just starting over in, in the moment. <laughs> and that is someone who doesn't even know anything about us or, or the book or anything. That's just her living in the moment of her experience, I guess. And that's how we should be living, I guess. Or should us put it as what else? We don't know, right? But, how we can live, yeah. Yeah. It's, but when, you, when you're in that place and you find it, it just rubs off on everyone. <laughs> and they pick up on it and they're like, what is, what's he got? I want it. I want on it. There is nothing. I'm not on anything. <laughs> that's the irony, right? You are on something. Water. Water. <laughs> Now that you're on the water, this is such a <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's just there. I mean, the whole it's just everything seems like you know I'm a 57 year old man, but I feel like I'm a teenager, and the energy and just I don't need anything to do anything. It's just living, letting life live, you know. And we say it in the group all the time: life wants to live through us, and these things that are are too hard for people to understand. I think and explain to people but if you just let it be <laughs> let it be what it is you know and not be afraid to not be afraid to live and experience life in its fullness you know in all that emotion that's what i feel in my opinion we're supposed to be feeling you know however it moves for you because it moves i guess it can move through people in different ways but for me it's crying and feeling it and feel the anger we get angry right it's normal to get angry, it's what you do with it, and how hold, how long you hold on to it. I wanted to share this with you though, because it's a it's a very funny story. Um, as I was quitting, this was probably three months, four months after I'd quit smoking, three months maybe, and I had an appointment for Charlie at the veterinarian's office, and that they've been good, but they don't give me a schedule. He needs this, this, this at this point, this month, this month that month so i had to get his rabies shots because he was supposed to travel with me and and that's a whole other story about why he couldn't and angel and the addiction the girl from the addiction i did it on the forum okay but um okay bring me back in here for a second what was i i don't know you were gonna tell some story um about the vet Okay, so I, I go to the vet, I bring him in for his rabies shots, and it was still during COVID, so you had to call in, they had to 
call you in from the parking lot. And they, they called and they said, you can bring Charlie in. And is he not feeling good today or what's wrong? And like, no, he's here for his rabies vaccination. (laughs) And I could, I was in the parking lot and I could feel the energy, like anger, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the same thing. It's bubbling up in me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I'm getting really angry. Right. And I blew the lid off my whole, and I'm sitting in the parking lot. I'm breathing. I'm trying to meditate, refocus my energy. Let me tell you, sometimes it just doesn't work. You have to let it go through you. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. No matter what you try, no technique. So I blew a gasket. I covered Charlie's ears and I ran in there and I screamed bloody murder to everyone. (laughs) They thought it was just me and my dog and there wasn't other customers. And then I dropped him off and there was this real tiny girl that was the assistant. She didn't know what to do because I'm having this meltdown. And I run back into the car and I would normally be smoking and drinking and all this stuff. And I just I just was so mad and I started crying so hard. And then I started laughing hysterically. I'm like, you asshole. What is wrong with you? So um, I go back in. And I'm sobbing again. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I said, I don't know what happened to me. And they're like, it's okay. A lot of people are under a lot of, you know, pressure right now on COVID and all this. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's never not. That is never okay. And I'm, I don't mean to do that. I'm a very kind person. Really. But it's so weird how you can just, nothing sometimes would want to, if you're going to feel anger, sometimes you just have to let, let it feel it. You're, you don't have to be an asshole. To yeah. So then the next day, uh, this is how, I got to, cor- I corrected myself in the moment, thank God. But the next day, I think life was trying to teach me another lesson about patience. And it's been a big thing and um, something that I work on on a daily basis. But um, I had gone, I was on the way to the gym and I had to get razors. So I talked to the dollar store and there's always like 20 people in line. So I'm in the car and I'm like setting myself up. Thinking, okay, you're going to get impatient in here. And um, we, so that's me building a thought and a story around this always happening. Well, there wasn't anyone in line in the store, but I went up and there was this elderly woman, probably 80 ish, like my mother's age. And, um, she didn't know how to work the chip on her card and she's fumbling and shaking and upset. And I tiptoed up to her and I said, ma'am, can I help you? And she said, sure, please. And I said, you're just getting a little ahead of yourself, which is what I should have been telling myself the day before you just learned it. I don't work or anything. I don't really have anything to do. I don't know what the rush is for. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so um, uh, I helped her with her chip and I'm like, you're just getting a little ahead of yourself and just step back a little bit. Let's step back the two of us together. And just, <laughs> this is how you do it. This is where the chip is. And I walked out and just started sobbing. Like that was the universe kind of being like, okay, this is how it's supposed to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Step back, pause. You know me, take the pause, refocus, and start over. I mean, that's I, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that, again, like, who can go in and just, you know, blow a gasket at the vet and then just cry it out and then go back and apologize? Like, that is just so human. It is so, it is, it is so healthy. And I really, feel like, I'm so glad you shared that story that there are so many people that, don't do that, that that we would be kind of mad and maybe even be really rude at the vet, but then we wouldn't go back. We wouldn't let it out and cry. Go back and apologize. And we would just hold that in and hate ourselves for it. And then 
that's exactly why people have habits and addictions and chronic exactly. and everything that we suffer with. Literally, I'm 100% convinced of that. Me too. You can do what you did, which is very childlike, <laughs> but, but in a wonderful way, you know? Right. I mean, then it just washes through you. There is nothing yeah. holding you down and there is no need or want or desire to exactly. be else. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to, by, by shutting it down, you're prolonging it. You're, or, you know, it still has to come through somehow. <laughs> and we talk a lot about fearing feelings and, and I think that's a big part of it, but I also lately I've been thinking a lot about just what we're taught. And you mentioned this, you know, like we're, we're told how to be and what's okay mm-hmm. and what's not okay. And I think right. so many people would have so much anger, but then be like, well, I can't express it because then I'll be a jerk. And then I can't apologize because then I'll look weak and then this and then <laughs> that. And with all that crap out of the way, <laughs> it's just done and over. Right. And well, I thought, I, I told them in the vet's office, I'm like, oh my God, just call the loony thing. Y'all probably think I'm crazy. And I said to myself, I wonder what they're going to go home and say to their family about this. Because, th- th- I mean, they must have thought, wow, like that guy. Yeah, and that's what I think people sense is like, wow, he's really cool. He's got to really create energy with him. And like, and it's not, it's just me like self-correcting or whatever. But we do, we will self-correct if we do nothing. You know what I mean? And that was how I had it in the moment of like, you, you turned like, why? It's, they didn't do anything. Nothing happened outside of you. It's happening inside of you. Yeah. I felt the energy bubbling up. You know what I mean? It was happening here. It wasn't happening over there. No one was doing anything to me. I was doing it to me. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. And you know me from the beginning, I was trying to write everything down. I still have my vision board. It's behind a dresser somewhere. And, um, I complicate yesterday, like my phone reminds me it was 350 days. I'm coming on my one year, but it doesn't mean anything. It's like, it's like it never happened. Wow. <laughs> and I, I so wish, I know it's not about this, but I really wish people could see um, and people in our community have your pictures. I mean, it, and the only reason I harp on the picture so much. So Philip has these before and after pictures or like, you know, I even think you look better now than in your, than in your after picture. So it's, right. it's not a, that was taken like what a couple weeks ago but yeah but oh my god the transformation the physical transformation and and it isn't about that but it's just to say that when these things shift in a deep way and that energy just moves through it's not just that he feels childlike he literally is shed about 20 years if you look at him and it's (laughs) i'm gonna actually post it on facebook on uh the 21st uh, with a little story on there in all the pictures because I came, I kind of, if you want to say came out to, I did this myself at home with you in the community. Um, but I didn't tell anyone, including my family, no one knew anything um, until my nine months um, alcohol free. I don't call, I don't believe in sobriety. I mean, it helps a lot of people in the 12 step programs, like I said, and I would never take that from anyone. But even my friends that are watching my dogs, when I shared my experience with them, they're like, it can't be that simple. And I'm like, it is, it really is that simple. It's just a thought. Yeah. And it's gone. And that's our whole life. Our, our whole life is that thoughts appearing and disappearing into nothing. (laughs) And once you, once you contain that, once you grasp that, it's like, Oh my God. Well, whatever. (laughs) I have a racing mind again. My mind's going at it, you know, and building stories. And another thing, you know, about synchronicity with Charlie and David and 
um, this experience. Um, you know, I, I've never been separated from Charlie. And um, Charlie's Phillips dog, by the way. <laughs> um, I got him and he he, he kind of healed me in his own way, um, this unconditional love that he has. And so um, he was going to come out to Vegas with me and um, I tried all these carriers and it wasn't working out. And I think things have a way of happening and going, and he was too tall, actually. He's only like 16 pounds, but he's too tall to fit underneath the seat or in the carrier. <laughs> and so I had to postpone my trip, had all this aggravation, uh, you know, in the moment, you know, but I know, I'm, I know now I'm like, okay, this will work out in the way it's going to work out without me putting all this anxiety into it. Right. So David has four dogs. You know what I mean? They're older. Charlie has all this crazy energy. He's twice their size. And then Angel, my friend who works across the street from me, I saw her um, on her path through sobriety in the last year and her husband, and they were addicted to um, crystal meth and cocaine and um, heroin. And um, she is quite a lovely woman. And um, we picked up on each other's energies. We were, we knew we were both experiencing something, but she saw my physical transformation and we became closer and closer. And she's, she's got dogs. She's a huge dog lover. And then we became very close um, through our experience. I, uh, she asked me to cut her hair on her, um, one year anniversary of sobriety, which was last week. And I did, it was this huge transformation. And um, so I was telling her my plight about Charlie and all the situation. And she said, well, we'll, we'll take care of him and come to your house. You can leave him at home. We'll come four times a day. And they're leaving their dogs at home and they're with him all day. They made him dinner last night. <laughs> so they love him. <laughs> and so it, and it, I think it freed up the experience for me and David to kind of had an experience without all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it was perfectly the way it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I think that uh, Charlie probably needed that space too. We FaceTimed last night and it was good, but that's like, it happened. Things happen for a reason, I think. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, we can speculate about a lot of things in life, but I think that once we live in the moment, the best we can. Obviously, we can. Well, I mean, we try to. Um, that everything falls into place the way it's supposed to, without a lot of effort. <laughs> just, I, I take extreme effort in trying to, to do everything instead of just leaving it be. <laughs> so, and it present now when you're in there, it, it's all every day. It's like that. Okay, what's what's trying to be told here? What's trying to merge? What's trying to come through me? What is you know? Not what do, do I, I have want? A not what am I going to do? And what do I want? What do I need? What should I have done? What could I have done? What yeah, you know? Just yielding, <laughs> just just yielding, and that's what I hear. That's what you're talking about. So surrender in your feelings and your emotions. Yeah. Yes, just yeah. yielding to what is trying to show up and what wants to. Mm-hmm. Come but what's great is that there's only freedom on the other side of that fear or whatever. Once you let it pass through, there's freedom for whatever you were feeling. First of all, and there's insight into why you feel those things and the more you do it the more you learn about it the more clarity you get from it so for me in a very short time i got a lot of clarity in a very short period of time and a lot but that crying thing has always been a part of me but now it's just doing it when i should have been when i was trying to shove it down it's just happening 
in every moment. <laughs> and there's kind of like this really happy, giddy, young boy nature that, you know, I'm curious. I've never been to Trader Joe's. I'm like, oh my God, everything is like different. Like when I watch Charlie downstairs, um, I live in a building um, and I have an elevator and he, we, he just used pee pads for the first year because I had this fear of going outside and uh, driving and all this stuff with this labeled PTSD thing. And it wasn't PTSD. I don't label it. It's just a feeling. It's just a thought that I was fearing. I was afraid of it. And fear, um, uh, fear is uh, the great uh, denominator, should I say, in addiction, I think. It's fear of what we're, what, what if, what, what is on the other side of it. And, and, uh, every time I do it, and, and those things just, those things never present themselves. David smokes, like I said, just never even crosses my mind to have a cigarette. <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I love yeah. your story so much. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Oh my God. It's such a pleasure. Whatever I can do to, and I, like I told you, I think when we have experiences like this, Amy, um, we don't have to share it, but I think when we live it, it's to heal other people and pull them through it. And I think that I, I, I'm definitely going to go into some kind of addictive counseling or coaching of some kind, you know, with uh, your coaching program. I know you have one. Um, and I think that's really uh, the natural evolution of when you come through something like that, it's naturally, you don't have to do anything. It helps people without you having to do anything at all. But I think that with um, further um, growth, that I think that that lies where... Um, I can help other people and just this alone. I'm sure the people oh might sure. <laughs> just in the forum, I get so much response from the forum and um, I thank you so much for letting me be a part of that community because you know, other, when you read other people's stuff too, all their stuff, it makes you realize that we're all doing the same thing <laughs> the same, yeah. and the significance or insignificance of your thought. It's <laughs> I know that's the name of your new book too, but it's the biggest, you know, in dealing with my mother, I would drive to her house just in panic and wanting a drink and just, oh my God. And I'm just like, Philip, it's just a thought. You don't have to, it's just, you're making it up, leave it go. And it helped. I mean, just that word, I am not my thoughts, that sentence changes. It changes everything. <laughs> Changeable. Oh. Unchangeable. Yeah. We're all changing. So many good words. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Word. Thank you so much. It's been just such a such a gift to watch all of this unfold for you and to be part of it. And I really appreciate you sharing it here. You are like I, I said, you're already helping so many people in so mm -hmm. many ways. That's not gonna stop. No, it's just gonna expand and grow and I feel, you know, very liberated, let's say, and free. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. If you want a change story like you just heard from Philip, please join us in the Little School of Big Change. The fall class starts in just four weeks on August 30th. 95% of people who've gone through the six-week course say that what they learned in the school put them on the path to lasting change. Just go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to save your seat. You'll also save $47 when you enroll before August 30th. I would really, really love to spend this fall with you having you in class and seeing how things change for you. I hope to see you there.